It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For podcasting. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon here on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller with you for the next couple of hours. Thank you for spending some of your morning here with us as we talk sports with you. BMW Des Moines guest list, at least to begin, looks like this. We will talk at the bottom of the hour with Scott Dockerman. Uh, he was at Carver Hawkeye yesterday along with 14,300 and change, an atmosphere seldom seen in that building over the last few years. Uh, Doc will opine on that. Uh, of course, uh, spring football starting in a couple of days as well. Uh, but Scott Dockerman on Iowa about 10 at 11.05, Rob Doster, field of 68, will be in to a recap, but more importantly, I think, to look forward to the Sweet 16 uh, with Doster, for a field of 68 at 11.05. And then Nick Oson, as he makes his way back from uh, Milwaukee, he covers Iowa State after all for 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. So we will uh, speak with Nick about the improbable uh, weekend for Iowa State as they find themselves in the Sweet 16, maybe as, I don't know, I mean, where do you rank that? I don't rank it very high. Well, see, not, I don't think you understand my, what my question was, that I didn't explain it. Where do you, where do you put this? I mean, they didn't win a game in conference. Oh, and for, from this, a year ago. Okay, yeah. I, I thought you meant going into the tournament. That, well, no, you, you thought Iowa State could, yeah. could get to this point. I said they would. I said we're going to come here Monday and we're going to be talking about I, Iowa State in the Sweet 16. I didn't see it. I, I, mean, I don't think I'm alone. But from where they were to this run, has there been another team that's had this type of turnaround in any sport? I don't care. I mean, throw a high school team at me. Right, right. No. I don't think there is. On the surface, no. This is, this is Des Moines North. We're in a football championship. Okay. Uh, based on last year. Right. Right. This is, that's what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. You're talking about that kind of jump up in one season. Right. In one season. And yes, they hit the transfer portal. But it's not like they brought in the stars of stars. No, they brought in the right guys is what they did. Guys that fit TJ's system. And, and, Caleb and bought Grill, in. And, and bought in big time. And Caleb Grill, too. Yeah. Boy, he guards you. I know I sound like a broken record on that kid, but my good God, he gets my attention. Kalsher is Kalsher. Look, he went on. He was the guy yesterday. That probably get fast forward to Friday. Probably goes for three or four points. That's kind that's of what that, happens. But you know what? Maybe it's Hunter's turn again, or, or maybe it's Brockington, or maybe they get two or three. Maybe a light bulb went on for Kelsher and understanding. Don't settle for threes. Right, take Four it game to the hole. Is going in, uh-huh. pull up mid range stuff and getting to the rim. That is when he is at his best. But. 
you get a matchup now as the bracket opens up. Mm-hmm. You get Miami after this one. And then, I mean, if it's Kansas. How about that? So be it. All right. I mean, you had them on the ropes yeah. in Lawrence. They did. Before the other three. The guys yep. in stripes got you. Yep. Late in that and basketball that's, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a good segue. We'll get back to Iowa State in a second because we do, they deserve it. Um, story of the tournament? The, the piss-poor officiating? Awful. It's just terrible, Trent. I've said many times, I think it's the most difficult sport to officiate. And it's but this close. is an entire level right. of bad, of yeah. suck. I mean, from the time the, the ball went in the air on Thursday at 11.20 until the final... I mean, okay, if there wasn't a foul at the end of the TCU-Arizona game, it was a backcourt violation. Right. Pick a call. Right. There what was are the two, two of them. And it didn't make either. And right. they swallowed their whistles uh-huh. at that point. Yet there's other times they don't. Right. And boy, those officials love that charge call so they can oh be on TV God. and hop the other way yep. and point that Put direction. Put a hand behind your head and give it the big exacerbate that call. Because you got your TV time there. Yep. It's garbage. It, it, and not only in the men's game, but in the women's game, too. Right. I mean, just just awful. That, that's this, one of the stories of this tournament. And my good God, Trent, what a, what a four-day period we were treated to as sports fans. What an incredible... Four days. Now, the, the games weren't all great. No. Friday was, eh. Yesterday until the very end was, eh. But then you had Iowa State pulling it off, so right. that got your attention. And um, they weren't all great games, but it's just the whole body, the part and parcel of everything. It's so special. It's so, Find me another four days on the calendar. Maybe the second would be Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. It's not close to it's what we not, just It's not, right? No. no. You're really that excited about? We talk about Oregon, Oregon State, and you te- but are you really as nah. riveted as you were by this? No, because there's bowls, and maybe there's a Pac-12 championship for yeah, that. Right, yeah. I mean, you're 100 percent right. It's just it's um, it's Cinderella. You know, um, I mean, I get St. Peter's is Cinderella, right? yes, but I would say kind of to it. The big school, small school, not even close. Get no, it? No. St. St. Peter's story is just remarkable, and they're still alive. I mean, they're still alive. I thought they would get murdered by Murray State and after the win it, it against was never Kentucky. Close. No, they they held them six to ten points basically mm-hmm. the whole game, mm-hmm. and Murray State could never get back over the hump. Right. They made a little bit of a run there. So as we rewind here, we got to start with Friday though, because I think that's going to get lost in the shuffle a lot today. That win against LSU for uh-huh. Iowa State, because well, we just saw what we saw last night. And <laughs> because is of that. the greatest. Trend. So let's start right there and okay. that performance out of Hunter. Yeah, a guy mm-hmm. that. When things were going poorly this year, I said there's one thing that can turn it around. Mm-hmm. And it was Tyrese Hunter. Mm-hmm. And it's played out. And Friday night it did. And the shooting ability. That's not the part that you'd anticipate. We've seen a shot that needs some work. Yeah. And we saw it last night. It was one for ten. And it needs some work still. Yeah. But that performance on that stage, playing in front of all your friends and family, being close to home, yep. it was a storybook. And the confidence that he was playing with, the swagger that he had, it was a sight to behold. It was absolutely beautiful. That is a very talented LSU team. They don't have their coach. Mm-mm. doesn't matter. There is a ton of talent mm-hmm. on that team. And Iowa State, right away, went in there, ready to go, stuck their nose in, and, and brought back the Iowa State style that we're used to. And Non-con. It goes without saying. They still haven't lost a game. It's nuts. Against a team that's not in their conference. Uh-huh. They won't have to see one at the earliest until the Sunday. Yeah. That'll be the earliest. Right. That'll see that, and maybe Providence has something to say. But that ability to go out there right away, dictate your style. You want to play this game, we're going to play it better. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did against LSU. Hunter was incredible in the game. And the one where you don't get a whole lot, 
Brockington was okay, but there was nobody else in that game. No, Kelsher was one of seven. Right. One of seven. This is Gabe Kelsher. Right. 23-4-3. Going, working down his last few games. Twenty-three. It's just... Caleb Grill was 3 of 14. Mm-hmm. And it looked like, well, maybe it is a little more than just the Hilton Demons right. with Caleb Brill and that one as he was struggling to shoot the and ball. And then he made his first shot last night and they wiped it off the board. Remember that? They took it away yes. because the foul came before. And they actually went to the replay, and that surprised me a little bit that they did that at that period of the basketball game. Jazz Koontz was excellent. He had oh, three he points. Had, you know what? He had a great stay in Wisconsin. He did. Yep. Friday night, three points mm-hmm. and four rebounds. And if you look at the box score, you say, man, he must have sucked. No, right. he did no. not. Uh-uh. He, he was exactly what yep. they needed, the size that he has. He played with some physicality, something that isn't always there for mm-hmm. Jazz, but it certainly was on Friday night. I thought he was excellent. Without him, I don't know if they win that game. Yeah, perhaps. No, he played A guy that had three points and four rebounds, yep. and without him, I don't know if they win if he's not on the floor. Jaden Walker is uh, taking his seat on the bench. Jackson is back to taking mm-hmm. his minutes. There's not a ton of them, but when he does uh, see the floor, it's, it's uh, Jackson. It's not Walker. Uh, and Aruna starting on, he started on Friday, right? He did not start last night. Yep. Um, Coons came off the bench on Friday night, thought that that was going to be the case last night, but mm-hmm. TJ put him back in the starting lineup. Any idea? Did you hear kind of no, the reasoning, I justification behind the shuffling of the lineup? Everyone out of that group knows they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Maybe going to play a few minutes more for some of those bunch guys. Look, Brockington's going to play 38 minutes as plus. As many as he can. Tyrese, 38 plus. Kalsher, uh-huh. 38 plus. Those guys you know are going to be out there almost all the time on the floor. The rest of them, though, throw them in a hat mm-hmm. and see what works. Yep. Maybe it was Robert Jones for a glimpse, or it was Condit, who I thought came in against Wisconsin. I thought Condit was had a really good yeah. two days. I really did. I thought he was good against LSU, and I thought he was good against Wisconsin. But that's TJ pushing the right buttons mm-hmm. and keeping these guys engaged. You know, without Jaden Walker, maybe you're in Dayton. You know, those couple of games that he yeah, really helped him. Point. It's keeping guys engaged is a huge part of this in college basketball where coming in, everyone thinks they're a star. Everyone thinks they're going to average 18 a game. they were in high school. Yeah, that's what they were. And for the guys that aren't, to stick it out, yeah. not ent- enter the transfer portal, not say I'm going to leave it semester, to stay there, grind it out, and, and find it. And how about Jackson? How long did we not mm-hmm. see Trey Jackson out mm-hmm. there? And he was engaged and right away came in, and he made a couple impact plays. Yep. You, that is coaching. That's maybe a huge part of coaching that gets overlooked, is keeping your roster. Right. 1 through 12, everybody... Even if you don't have a role at this moment, you might have a role. We need you here. And he did a good job of no, that. No, you're 100% right, Trent. That's credit to TJ Otzelberger with, uh, with, with how he hand, handles, that, uh, handles his roster. Well, on to Miami. Uh, Miami knocks off Auburn. Look, they're, they're long. Uh, they're athletic. Uh, they were committed on the defensive end of the floor last night. I, I think I probably saw Miami play maybe once or twice. Saw them against Duke in the ACC mm-hmm. championship game, and that was a very close game. In the semis, right? Uh, in the sem- uh, or quarters, maybe. Might have been... Well, it might, you might have been the semifinal. I think you're right. It was the semifinal. Yeah, I think, I think it was the semifinal. Um, but... I mean, that game last night wasn't a fluke. No, not They've got some dudes. they got number two, number three, and number 23. Moore, number three, uh, Wong, number two, and... um, McCuskey. McCuskey. And he led them against Duke. He played really well against Duke. 23 did, um, if I recall. So they've got some guys, obviously. They've got a veteran head coach. and they got a veteran point guard. Well, they do, yeah. Because Charlie Moore, he's been, been around. for how long? And he's been on the airwaves, the lexicon here in the state of Iowa for a long time because Iowa 
was one of the finalists for him. And I remember his recruiting. I don't remember that. Talking a lot about him. Chicago kid. And, and who did they sign? Uh, now, did they sign somebody else and then Moore went to Miami? Or no. did Moore leave them at the altar? They had to adjust on the fly. Okay. Thought it was signed, sealed, and delivered. And then some of those Chicago publicly... Imagine that. Rumbling started. Quanzo. NIL before NIL? Yeah. Quanzo <laughs> out of Cal got him. Yeah. And Iowa didn't. And I think Fran kind of alluded to it at one of the press conferences before the season without saying it, yeah. saying there might have been a little bit of chicanery there. Well-traveled. He went to Cal, went to Kansas, went to DePaul. Now he is finishing up his career at Miami, a career that started back in 2017. Yeah. Look, I, I know he's been around for a long. I did not remember the Iowa stuff. Yeah, well-traveled. Huh. That was, I think, on the heels. Or No, that was, no, 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 never mind. I was going a different direction. But regardless, yeah, Charlie Moore, and there was a... I think a Juco big guy, Atwood, was a guy's name mm-hmm. that felt like they were front runners. Of course, got neither, and that, alas, it didn't happen there. But Charlie Moore, boy, he can control a game. He's really, really good. I mean, you're talking about now a, what, 24-year-old <laughs> against 18-year-old Tyrese Hunter at the point guard spot. That's going to be really fun to see on Friday night. They get the late game. You you like the late game? Well, selfishly, no. <laughs> but for, for the fan base, I mean, I don't know. Um, look, television dictates everything, right? Mm-hmm. And and the uh, the slate of games before that, I, I understand it, but um, I guess it doesn't bother. Won't bother them. No, not at all. Won't bother Cyclo Nation. Well, you can take a half day on Friday and still that's get what there. Gonna, that's what I was going to say. You yeah. get off at noon. You're there by well, rush hour traffic in Chicago. <laughs> that's true. You're there by six six. Then I leave at ten. <laughs> How about getting that afternoon flight? Or, or that better yet, get an afternoon flight. It might still, be a little bit once better. Once you get to O'Hare, you <laughs> right. got to take getting a cab. It's still an hour before that's... you get to your hotel and then back to the United Center. But you know what? Cyclone fans would sign up for that in a heartbeat. A little inconvenience to see their team in the Sweet Sixteen. It's so improbable. I mean, it just came out of nowhere. Good for them. Good for TJ. Good for Jamie Pollard, who hired his guy. Mm-hmm. Took a lot of arrows uh, by doing so. Took the easy way out. Well, <laughs> proof's in the pudding. Right. This team is in the Sweet 16. Uh, who got the last laugh? I know who did. It certainly wasn't some of the talkers. And it's not over. Well, I mean, it's not. <laughs> I don't think so. They had Kansas on the ropes. They did. Are you scared of that Providence team? Mm, no. No. Miami's, what, a point-and-a-half favorite? Right. Now, this is kind of weird to me. Miami's in the game is a point-and-a-half favorite, yet at Circa, the regional odds, Kansas is overwhelming, mm-hmm. but the second choice is Iowa State, is and be- the fourth choice is Providence. Or, is it, I mean, is, is it Miami? Providence is third. Is it the thought process that Iowa State knows Kansas? If it sets up that way, quick turnaround that Iowa State is better equipped hmm. to face the Jayhawks with the day in between. Yeah. As opposed well, to those, they certainly do. I mean, well, as opposed to Miami, yeah. and, and that's really what we're talking about in the odds there. But yeah, I put that out last night. The odds for the regional and Iowa State fans, I think their eyes kind of bugged out with yeah. the second choice to come out of this region here. It's not a stretch. It really isn't. <laughs> no, it's not a stretch. And you're playing with house money. Okay. I mean, the, come on. You're playing house money when they tipped the ball on Friday. No, or when they heard their name on selection Sunday. <laughs> Go back even further. <laughs> when he got through December undefeated. Yeah. You're playing with house money. Uh-huh. Nobody, not even Cyclone Larry, no, no. saw this coming. No. And he is as optimistic of a guy as you're going to find. He didn't see that happening. No. When this season began, the Oregon State win, I tried to say, mm, Oregon State's not very good. That was a great run to the lead eight. That's not a good team. And they proceed to win three games this year and go three and twenty-seven. But you kept building, and you got guys to buy in. And winning helps that; it makes things a whole lot easier. And here they are, not just with the Sweet Sixteen. This thing's not over. It's not. It's not over. Uh huh. For a minute, let's let's go down this line. 
They did. They they they, they, they beat Miami. Okay. Now they knock off Kansas. Oh, they're they're in the Final Four. They're in New Orleans now. They're in New Orleans for the first time in really program history. I know they made it in the 1940s, but come on. Yeah. What does the trip down to New Orleans look like? What do a we caravan? See? We see how Iowa State fans travel. Yes, we know their love of basketball. Are we talking about twenty five? I have thirty thousand no people, and that's one where. For all intents and purposes, you're hopping the car, right? You have to. You're, you're not. Because there's not enough planes that go into New Orleans. Right. No directs. No. None. Nothing like that. Right. You're connecting. You, you'd be zigzagging across the country trying to find something, and the prices will be astronomical yes. to try to do it. So you hop in the car, and you put the family in there, or you find the buddies, well, you know what? or whatever it is. And call Andrew Downs for advice. Doesn't he, him and his wife make that trip all the time? <laughs> right. I, I think Judy's from there. Right? Yeah, I Mississippi, believe. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that part of the country. Right. Um, Hop in the car and head on down. Yeah. Because, well, happened in the 40s. This is a perhaps once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Now, have you been impressed by Kansas this tournament? No. No, no, no. I haven't. Bashi did not. Now, Remy Martin was really good. It's a good thing he's back. Yes. Without him? Right. They're not not in Chicago this weekend. Yeah. Remy Martin was terrific. Terrific. How about that North Carolina-Baylor game? Speaking of Big 12 teams, mm-hmm. that was as crazy as you've ever seen. Up 25. Man, oh, my done. God. Oh, that you know, that game, did that game save Saturday overall? Because uh, Saturday was kind of It was pretty mad. But that was, that was amazing watching. A 25-point lead. The kid from Oklahoma... Uh, that, that got kicked out of the game for the flagrant two, and I didn't like the call. No. Um, what's his name? Um, Mac, Mac, I can't think of it, but you know the kid I mean. The <laughs> kid with the headband and the hair. Got a great head of hair. Um, he gets kicked out. They're up 25, and then here they come. And then North Carolina can't inbound the ball, and Baylor's just like junkyard dogs getting that game tied, getting it to overtime. What a game! Officials be damned. They were just awful in that game. Terrible. But that's been the story of this four days. It's an unfortunate part of it's it. It's awful. I wouldn't say it saved it, though, because Tennessee-Michigan, that was a great game. That was a good game, too. Creighton yeah. hanging around against Kansas. That was entertaining. Mm-hmm. Late night, Gonzaga down double digits. To Memphis. Come roaring back. You know it, was better than I remember. Yeah, and then when it looked like Gonzaga was going to run away, Memphis came yeah. right back at him and it had an opportunity in that game. All right, stop right there. Who's winning the tournament? Oh. <sighs> Because I thought Gonzaga was, I mean, head and shoulders about anybody in college basketball. Trent, they've been night and day to get to the Sweet 16. UCLA? They're no, playing well. They are. But they should. They, they easily could have lost their game in the opening round. Yeah. Gonzaga. Easily. They were, they were down big to Georgia State. They're down to Memphis. Memphis has got uh, a little more than Georgia Memphis State. Memphis was, was a 41-31 at the half, right? I think it was 41-31 at halftime. Arizona. They had they were on the ropes. They had their scare though. So you think that's it? I'm gonna stick Because they had a tough game in the first round, did they not? Uh, it wasn't a cakewalk. I'm pretty sure it was not a cakewalk. Let me go back. Arizona played right well, they beat them by seventeen, but it was close to for part of that game. Okay. It was close. Look, the the kid from Canada, um uh Mathurin. Yes. That three that he hit I mean, with what ten seconds left in the game yeah. last night, it was straight away. Um, DCU boy, Jamie Dixon could coach. Yeah. Oh my God, he could. Co- Man, we're all over the place. But this is what this four days does. Right? It does. Yeah, you it's just so jump special. all over. And it's special now for the Big Twelve. It was by far this year mm-hmm. the best conference in America. Mm-hmm. It wasn't close. And we said it throughout what? the year. It's proven it. Yeah. 
It's and they proven. showed up. They did. And they were a miracle three away from having five teams mm-hmm. in the Sweet 16. Yes. Right now they have a quarter of the Sweet 16. Right. SEC, huge disappointment. Yep. Just one team. ACC, I mean, the teams at the top have done okay. North yeah. Carolina's really figured it out. Yeah. And they got They've three really in there. Yep. And then you got the Big Ten, another disappointing mm-hmm. tournament, which mm-hmm. not a real big surprise, no. I don't think. Then I mean, and Purdue needed a billion free throws to get there. Did you see the disparity in the free? Oh, it was yeah. like forty something to in the teens, like forty three to sixteen, and it felt worse than that. It was now they're a matchup nightmare to be to, to be a little bit fair right. to the zebras. Um, Seven to twelve for Texas, thirty three of forty six for Purdue. Go. Unbelievable. Everything else matched up pretty well. Uh. Rebounds, of course, in the Purdue favor, but. That's hard to overcome. And Marcus Carr, it was finally Marcus Carr, yep. the guy we saw up in Minneapolis yep. for the last where's, three where's years. Where's he been all year? I, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of glimpses this mm-hmm. year, but that was the Marcus Carr I thought we were going to see from Texas all year long. I know you made a few – was that in November? Uh, November, yeah. Yeah, that you fired uh-huh. at them. And I, I love that bet because I said, at the time, Marcus Carr, eh, he's kind of finding his footing. He's going to be there. They got other transfers that I really liked on that team. It just – it never completely clicked for Texas. And Beard, I bet he's a tough guy to play for. I mean, he mm-hmm. he demands a well, lot. Well, he called him out after the Big 12 tournament. I yes. mean, like uh, you seldom hear a coach calling out a team. You ex- he expects a lot out of his guys and you're going to play that transfer portal. You got to find the right guys. You have to find the guys that kind of believe in your message and I don't think he got the right mix certainly for this season. No, uh proof is in the pudding there. Well, uh incredible. Um I just real quick on this cuz we'll talk more basketball cuz I know there's a bunch of Twins fan I work with one. That was quite a surprise on Saturday morning to wake up and see you signed a shortstop. Mm-hmm. And maybe oh, I didn't wake up. I was up. Oh, you were up. Still oh, I was up. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, was I was just... tweeting. Were you really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an exciting time because you talk about things out of nowhere. You That's think right. the Iowa State totally things out of nowhere? Out. Yes. This is out of nowhere for me. This is the Minnesota Twins. This is mm-hmm. a team that was almost put historically in cheap. Oh, the Poland. Right. They're not going to spend money. Yeah. They're certainly not going to do it. And then you get. The best free agent in the game. Mm-hmm. And not the best remaining. No. Coming into free agency. If you were to rank them after after the Braves captured the World Series, he was the guy. 27 years old. Uh-huh. An elite offensive player. Yep. An elite defensive he player. He absolutely is. You have a hole at shortstop. You make a trade, and then the shortstop you get, you trade away a day later. Mm-hmm. They still had no clue what they were going to do. Nope. Are they going to go young? Were they just going to get a guy off the scrap? Donaldson's piece? money off the books that made this possible. And Trent, it's only a one-year deal. It is. He can opt out after this year. Look, mm-hmm. uh, I hope the guy gets the girl in the movies all the time. I hope Correa stays in Minnesota for the length of his contract. I don't. You don't? I don't, because if he stays for the duration, this means that something has gone terribly wrong. Terribly wrong. If he is in Minnesota for three years, he completes this three-year uh-huh. deal, this has gone terribly. means he's injured. means he... That is the only way he is not going to opt out. He has even a down year, 2020 in the shortened season. He wasn't great. It was very good in the playoffs. Well, but that was, was that the year they were coming off their uh, cheating scandal too? Yes. Uh-huh. And we didn't get to see people in the stands to right. boo them all. Right. So he got a little bit of a reprieve there. But 
offensively, it was a step down from what he has been really every other part of his career. Even if he has a year like that, he's still going to opt out, and he's still going to get a seven-year, $250 million contract. That's how good this guy is. If he's there for three years, Twins fans, you're not going to be happy about the $100-plus million. So they get, to, they get to the uh, ALCS and they get beat. He mm-hmm. loves it up there. The he, just, whatever, he falls in love with Minnesota. You don't think there's any way that... Um... If that happens, then they're ripping up the contract. And signing so a long-term. And then signing a long-term. Yeah, yeah. No, that's probably true. That's probably true. All right, we're going to uh, get to Scott Dockerman coming up here. Uh, we will uh, get to Nick Olson. Rob Doster is going to join us. Uh, just as improbable a weekend when it comes to Iowa State as you're ever going to see. It truly is. T.J. Otzelberger, that's whole team. They can't shoot to save their lives. But, man, do they guard you. And as T.J. said afterwards, um, he doesn't care. It's aesthetically pleasing. Be damned. Uh, this team is in the Sweet 16. Good for him. And um, good for your fan base. Just incredible. Uh, let's get uh, Jim. Jim wants to opine, and then we will uh, get our break before we get to Scott Dockerman. Jim, thanks for being patient. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. You, know, you talk about how terrible the officiating was this weekend, and, and I watched it, and it was it was pretty rough to see at times. You know, and, and I uh, officiated for five years, did it uh, it was, it was a great way to stay in shape, but um, but you know, as I see today, I think these guys today are not. <laughs> Jim, we broke up right right when you're about to make your point. Are you there? Long. Jim, hang on a second. You, you you broke up right before you were about to make your point. Starting, I uh, you you stayed in shape as an official, and you started to say these guys today, and then you broke up. Can you hear me now? Yep, loud and clear. Fire away. Okay, sorry about that. But today, these guys have probably less than five years' experience, and now they're they're in the big dance. And you know, the best way you know officials should be is they go to the game for the the, the game, not for themselves. And I see guys trying to showboat. Yep. I see guys trying to highlight themselves, and they're they don't they're not in it for the game. They're in it for themselves, and it's really despicable when you see that. You know, ultimately, you know, the, the kids or the the players are what what you should be there for. You know, the best compliment you can ever get as an official is, oh, you did that game, huh? <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did that game. Yeah. Hey, Jim, let me ask you, since you called the game for 25 years, I think it's the most difficult sport to officiate. Uh, would you buy Absolutely. into that? Absolutely it is. And, and as you work your way up, you know, it, it, they're so fast. You know, you right. especially see that in, in, in football. Um, I came up, uh, you know, and worked with Eric Cooper, you know, and Cooper talked about in baseball how, you know, he's seeing a, a 95 mile an hour fastball and he's reading the scenes and I'm going, how the <laughs> right. heck can you ever do that? Yeah. You know, and that's, that to me is, you know, is, is amazing. And, and you look at how Scott Halverson works, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and yep. how he can see things, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, those guys who are the best or are the best at their craft. And, and I have all the respect in the world for those guys that can do that. Jim, thanks for uh, sharing that with us. I appreciate the call. You have a good week. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Um, that's an excellent point. There's a lot of young officials out there. Um, it is tough to officiate. Yeah. And I've officiated it all. Not at this level. Right. And you Basketball. didn't stay in shape. No, not at all. <laughs> Basketball is not even close. Yeah. You can call a foul every time down the floor. Yeah. It is... Judgment calls at a split second notice. Just get rid of the charge. Yeah, I know. Uh, watch, 
And we'll watch the NBA here coming up next month after the season comes to a close. And we'll get back into the NBA. Yep. And when we do, we'll say, boy. And yet I hear NBA fans all the time complain about officiating. <laughs> and then they watch college game. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we don't have it nearly as bad as we thought. The charge, it's got to get out of the game. It's so bad. Guy goes up for a layup. And here comes a guy sliding in, never close to having either his foot outside of the restricted area or being set. And I know you don't have to be completely set for it to be a charge, but it is it's ruining the game. I mm-hmm. don't like that part of the game where offensive fouls can become such a big part of it. It makes it at times unwatchable. And the clutching and grabbing on top of it. Yeah. And thank God there's those teams out of there. You know what was funny to watch last night on Twitter was um well, Iowa State fans in particular getting their first real glimpse of Davison. <laughs> Yeah, this is the guy that uh, we've been the bitching guys about him, his game for for a year. But look, if he's on your team, you absolutely love him. Not always, but if he's not, oh, he is easy to hate. Oh, easy to hate. Trent, he drew. What did they say? Nine fouls at one. I think during the game last night, um, was it Brian Anderson who had the play by play of that one last night? I, I don't remember. Yeah, who it, was. it all runs together. There's so many. Um, the Nestler. That, no, he was in. He was with Iowa. Oh, he's with he Iowa. He was in Buffalo. But whoever it was said that Davison has drawn nine fouls and committed <laughs> three at the time. That's what he does. He runs into you and it makes it look like you know there was you. Snap his head back. Yes, ten thirty or thereabouts. Miller and Condon. Scott Dockerman next. Nick Olson. More on Iowa State before we get out of here. Rob Doster. Field of sixty-eight. We'll do a little bit on the weekend, but look ahead to the Sweet Sixteen. Um. Another week of talking about one of the needle movers. I did not see this coming. I'm grateful for it. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1035 on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Rob Doster at 11.05, field of 68. Nick Olson, as he makes his way back from Milwaukee, will join us about 11.25 right now. Scott Dockerman. Spring football about to start for the University of Iowa. Doc was at Carver yesterday along with 14,300 and change fans. Uh, Doc, uh, good to speak with you, Scott Dockerman. Good morning. How are you? Oh, it's a beautiful day. I mean, the sun did rise in the east, uh, uh, eastern Iowa area, and it's it's going to be 70 degrees. I can't complain about that. No, you will tomorrow, though, because reality sets back in as <laughs> we're bracing for that. Doc, you were in the building yesterday. Uh, you've been in the building a whole lot uh, in the last, oh, I don't know, two uh, two decades. I can't remember it being as loud. And I wasn't there. I was watching it on TV. ABC had the coverage. It was loud yesterday, Doc. The fan base was uh, engaged. They were enthused. And it was something we don't often see at Carver Hawkeye. Um it was good to see, don't get me wrong, but your thoughts on, on just the atmosphere before we get into the game uh, and football. Sure, it, it was amazing. I mean, and it's funny because, uh, you know, I, I think this is something that Iowa needs to evaluate is that the best basketball crowds I've seen at Carver in, in recent years are coming the postseason. The women's game yesterday was off the charts. I mean, I, I, I have like a, a decibel reader and I, I take it, to, to really loud venues, and it was the best sustained, loud atmosphere of the 110s that I can remember. And yet, um, and then during men's basketball, a lot of times the NIT games got a little bit more energy than certainly the regular season ones. And and so 
you know, the, there's always been talk about the arena and, and whether they need to replace it, renovate it, or do whatever. Well, it does show in the, these types of games that the fan base makes it into quite a pit uh, for opponents. But, you know, that the, that's not the same way during the regular season. So there needs to be some evaluation as to how you can have that get that atmosphere close to it um, in the future, but yesterday was was outstanding. I don't think I've I know I've never been to a women's game like that, but I haven't been to a men's game like that either at Carver Hawkeye Arena. Certainly charged up, unfortunately for Iowa. They come up on the short end of the stick, and what a story <laughs> as Creighton, former Hawkeye Jensen, Jensen goes out there. She has nineteen to lead the way as Iowa didn't get it done. As great as the crowd was, it just it had that nervous energy. It felt like throughout most of that game. Why didn't Iowa have it in the story of Jensen getting it done and taking Creighton to their first Sweet 16 in program history? It was uh, it was interesting because I think you know their five guard approach was really difficult for Iowa to defend, and if, if Iowa has a lot of skills on women's basketball, certainly offense offensively, defensively has not really been their forte, and it mm-hmm. probably won't be, um, and that was a, certainly a problem yesterday. But when they were up four. Um, with about 90 seconds to go, I thought, okay, they've got this game wrapped up, and that proved to prove me wrong. And I think just about anybody else watched that game. And uh, you know, they, at the very end, they had that opportunity. They Two. they had the right call. You know, I mean, right there when you, you get the ball into Monica Zizano, uh, right uh, right in front of the basket. I mean, she's been money doing that. Uh-huh. It's it's a more high percentage shot than. Caitlin Clark from the outside, and it just kind of hit the top, lip of the rim and fell out, and they couldn't put it back. So it was they were that close. But that said, uh, they had a lot of opportunities. But Creighton came in in that environment and won that game. So it was a really impressive performance by the Blue Jays. Indeed, it did. And now Creighton will get Iowa State as Fenley's gals. They had a relatively easy one last night as they knocked off Georgia, and, and off they go to the Sweet Sixteen. Well, Doc, let's um, let's get into football. Uh, you will have your when do you get Ferris? Tomorrow or Wednesday? It looks like it's either Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday. That'll be it, but I, I think it'll be Wednesday. Gotcha. So um, I'm anticipating for the next uh, four weeks or so that the big talker is going to be the quarterback position. Uh, will be, um, as it always is, when a team has a quarterback battle, and we assume that, well, let me ask you, is there a quarterback battle? Yes, there is. Okay, good. Now so, the, go now ahead. There's a new quarterback coach, yeah, that that they will have an opportunity, all of them, to compete for that job. Because I just don't see Alex Padilla coming back if he does not give him that assurance that you can compete for this job. And having a new quarterback coach, I mean, he's going to have different ideas, and they've seen what hasn't worked. And granted, uh, it's the the offensive coordinator, but Brian Ferentz is is a proud man and with a high ego, and he understands that he needs to – improve and and i'm not saying spencer petrus won't be the quarterback but i'm saying that uh they're all three going to get an equal opportunity this spring what other position battles are important not ones that eh, it'll be this guy or this guy it'll be fine but what are ones that maybe can tilt the balance that could make a difference here maybe one of those guys you think's got a lot of upside that's going to be fighting for a job this season I think you got to start an offensive line because outside a quarterback, that is really the most important place on the field for Iowa. Last year was not a good year, and you lose an All-American, an all-time great, but they had a bunch of, let's say it, just guys out there. Uh, you know, And they, they didn't block real well until 
really the last game of the year. And so you've got a lot of, you know, freshmen, redshirt freshmen that, ha- you know, now have a year into the weight room. You know, they went through the blast furnace of, of the winter, mm. uh, and, and they have that opportunity, you know. I mean, you have Connor Colby started, what, 10 games last year as a true freshman guard, but you also have David Davikoff and uh, Logan Jones just moved over from defensive tackle to center. You have Mike Myslinski, who's a center, and you don't have Cody Entz. He's, he's shut it down, and mm-hmm. that's really a sad thing because that was a health decision And because he he was one of the better linemen in the Big Ten, in my opinion, when he was healthy. Uh, so that, I think whatever happens there, and, and, and even guys, the older uh, players like a, a Jack Plum, you know, and, and, and Nick DeYoung, you know, here's your opportunity to take that step forward and be those good stories that Iowa looks for in their fifth and fourth and fifth year. So I think there's a, there's, the competition is going to be outstanding and it's just going to be a matter of who kind of survives and advances uh, throughout the rest of the spring. You know, another position that's worth watching because in the, in the Big Ten and especially Iowa, seemingly there's the margin fair is not great, right? And it, it, a game could swing on a uh, on a missed field goal or a made field goal, and they've been really lucky with Shudak and Racinos, uh, Keith Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, who was before that? Uh, the kid that's bounced around. He's been in camp with the Vikings. Oh, he's got a long Marshall name. King. Thank you. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so do they have a kicker doc? Do, do, do we know who was behind Shudak last year? I mean, Shudak waited his turn. Once Keith Duncan was finally done, he got it, took full advantage of it. And I think he's got a chance to kick on Sundays. We'll see. Uh, do they have a kicker? Uh, I think it, it's really, that's going to be another competition. You know, you have, uh, what is Aaron Blom from, uh, from Oskaloosa. I think he was the number two all year. He's going to probably be. Uh, he walks in now as the I don't know if you want to say starter or just simply the uh, the guy that that's kind of taken charge. But Drew Stevens, you know, a strong leg kid from South Carolina, uh, you know, enrolled this spring, and I think it's going to come down to between those two and who's more accurate. And you know, in pressure situations, you know, they're going to try to manufacture that throughout the spring. I don't think this is a, a uh, you know, unless there's just a clear knockout in the spring. I think this is a competition that'll last, you know, through most of August. And it should, because you want to see how they compete in every kind of condition and and uh, what they do when, when they're, you know, in front of crowds and stuff, and let alone, you know, the, the games. So I, I would expect that to be an important one. But I agree with you, Ken. I mean, you know, this is a – when you play with, with within the margin so often, it could come down to a field goal. And we've seen Iowa be on the right side of that mm-hmm. for a while few years now not on the wrong side so that's an important distinction when you have keith duncan and caleb shootup making four field goals a game right. sometimes you know and you know we remember going to ames in what 2019 it was 1817 yep. and and it was one you know and he kicked four field goals in four different directions and four different types of weather so i think that's really going to be important for this team going forward doc the brian ference to quarterback coach has been much maligned uh, is he a guru no is he a guy that's going to be throwing out ridiculous terms that don't mean anything like some people on Twitter? No. But is there a positive that you can take from this? It's hard, certainly through the the forest, to see any of those positives and the ray of light coming through here. What would be a positive in your mind, Brian Ferentz, now as the quarterback coach? On the off- offensive side, they don't really let out too much information, but you kind of wonder if they're you know eliminating the middleman between the, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator and the play caller slash play caller, I think might be a positive here. And, and, you know, some of that is 
lost in translation when you do have a um, a different a quarterback coach trying to teach one thing and and one and the, the way that he's done it for you know forty years and and Ken has an accomplished resume or did have an accomplished resume and and now with Brian you know his he could communicate in a, in a different way I mean I guess that would be looked upon as a positive um, by doing this and and perhaps it's a different set of eyes and, and it's uh, you know Ken was kind of the guy in charge of quarterback recruiting and he had a certain skill set that he wanted to recruit to and that skill set has not been overly successful and that's tall strong arms smart guys and uh you know but who don't really have a lot of wheels uh i think that may be something that it's of a change in the future when it comes to recruiting quarterbacks where they may analyze uh somebody who can run and, and perform dual threat capabilities a little bit more often and, and as we've seen you know hey if it's third and seven um Brock Purdy will get a first down running the ball once in a while. Mm-hmm. Spencer Petrus won't. Right. And that's really essential. And I'm not suggesting there's a difference between the two, but just saying, pointing that out. And I think that's something that perhaps when they're recruiting quarterbacks in the future that they take into account more than Ken did. And, uh, and also I think this provides a different, you know, I mean, Brian now walks in. He knows the team, of course. He knows the quarterback room, but now he has a chance to look at them all a little bit differently and, and analyze them differently. And, and then see what their strengths are. So I think that's probably, uh, you know, I'm talking around in circles a little bit, but that's the positives I see. I mean, granted, I think everybody would have rather had somebody else come in and do something differently, but that's not what's going to happen. Uh, will you be at Pro Day today, Doc? Yeah, I'm going there in a, in a little bit. And interviews will start around 1.30, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we don't get in to watch. And I'll be in Ames for Pro Day, too, tomorrow. Oh, good. So. Yeah, so I'll get to see you know, hopefully everybody there, and there's a lot of there's a lot of good prospects. I think Iowa State can you know have five or six guys drafted. I think Iowa should get at least three, if not uh, you know, as many as five. So this is uh, this is going to be a quality year, and of course Northern Iowa. I'm not going to go there, but uh, they have a first rounder for sure. Indeed so they it's do. A big year in the state. Indeed they do. So you'll recap Pro Day Iowa and Iowa State separately at the Athletic, or how are you planning on doing that? Yeah, yeah. I'll Good. have a story uh, today after Iowa, and I'll have a story tomorrow after Iowa State, and then we'll have uh, you know stories going forward. I've got other ones too since I went to the combine all week. So, you know, guys like uh, uh, David Bell, who I know is, yeah. is puts everybody in the fetal position out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, stories about guys like that too going forward. Good stuff, Scott Dockerman. We look forward to reading it. As Trent and I are both subscribers at The Athletic, well worth the money. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate you coming on. We will speak with you next week and read you all week long at The Athletic. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman is uh, we catch up on Iowa. Yeah, that atmosphere was um, it was loud. It was. <laughs> See, it, so what's, what, why, can't, why can't men's basketball be like that? It's not that it can't. It's just the people that have season tickets. Uh-huh. They're old. Curmudgeonly, mm-hmm. they don't like to be loud. They right. like to knit. Trent, that's been that's been going on since I can remember. Oh yeah, it's decades. That's been the knock on this. It's fat. Go back to the late eighties, even really, and, and there was that knock. Oh, it was absolutely. always like that. It's all. It's been that way for long. I remember. I don't remember when the building opened, but very early in uh-huh. its tenure, it's not the field house. It's not as loud as the field house. It's too nice. Mm-hmm. Now this was the mid eighties at the time. Right. This is being said. It's not the case anymore. Even look at back behind the baskets and how much the open room, room there is yes, yes. that they, after they renovated things and changed it up a little bit, there's no way that you can make the structure not a double decker. It's not going to hold in sound mm-hmm. at the same level. But with the season ticket base, 
There's got to be a way to make it better, isn't there? There really does. You know, just real quick, because he shortchanged them, and they're in the Sweet 16, and Iowa State's got both not only their men, but their women. Mm-hmm. It's pretty remarkable. It, it really is. It really is. First time in 22 years for Iowa State to have basketball programs playing at oh, that level. Gosh. and Disappointing from the Iowa perspective. Just because the buildup for that game, uh-huh. how important that would have been for the state. Well, they brought Caitlin Clark's name up at one point in one of the games I was watching last night. Bill Simmons talked about he tuned into the Iowa game yesterday to see Caitlin Clark right. the full game for the first time. This is a national basketball, uh-huh. as big of a basketball mind as you're going to find. He tuned in now instead of a week of mm-hmm. the national stories about Iowa, right. Iowa State and everything else. And Hawkeyes didn't show up. No, it, to a much lesser extent, okay, what I'm about to say. It's kind of like when Trout and Otani don't get to the postseason, right? Caitlin mm-hmm. Clark in the po- going to the Sweet 16 would have been great for women's basketball. No doubt about it. Didn't happen. Kevin Durant talking about her. And- right, exactly. But, the, but they're all back next year? Bluter's team is all back? Is that what I heard? Yes, yeah. Because yeah. Uh, the ones that had an extra year of eligibility decided to come back, I believe so. It's good for them. They're going to be mm-hmm. preseason highly ranked. And you know, what are you looking at? Transfer portal? Upset the apple cart at all? Look for maybe a little more athleticism in the perimeter. The defense has never been the calling card of Bluter's teams. Yep. A little help there and a, maybe a little extra scoring punch to go along with Caitlin. All right, we will come back, wrap up the hour. Miller and Condon uh, underway on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Well, memory sent you. couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. A couple of nuggets real quick. Um, John Clayton, maybe NFL's first football insider, passed away after a very brief illness, apparently. He's still working in Seattle right up mm-hmm. until he passed. Uh, is he the first football insider you can recall? Uh, or uh, McDon- Jimmy the Greek? Well, McDonough was the guy that I always think of. Okay, yeah. Will, uh, McDonough, uh, Will M- McDonough, Sean's dad. Yes, on yeah. NBC, he was kind of that newsbreaker type yeah. of guy. As they had Peter Vesey for the NBA, and then oh, they had sure. him for football. So that's the first guy I think of. Clayton, the first thing that always comes to mind, though, is the This Is Sports Center commercials. Yeah. You know what else does? Uh, was how, how What a prick Sean Salisbury oh, was to him. He was awful. He really was. Yeah. And as many people in, in passing that have come out that uh, that singing John Clayton's praises, what a nice person. Why, why didn't somebody tell Salisbury to knock it off? Right. right. I mean, he was a prick. It went from one level, it went it, too it, far. It went way too far. Couldn't right. agree with you more. All right, the Bet Rivers contest, just a real quick update on that. There were 16 of us that mm-hmm. entered the contest. Eight of us were going to be eliminated after the first weekend. You were eliminated by, what, 4.30 uh, on Thursday? 4.30 on Thursday, I was out. Sean Roberts, I think him and I were both belly up. <laughs> uh, very quickly, burned through that two hundred fifty bucks very quickly. But one yeah, bet for you, you made one. I made one play. Money line parlay. Yep. Uh, Smool is Smool. He's out. You're He's out. out. Yep. Ad is out. Is Williams out? I think Chris is out. Yeah. The uh, cutoff. It is Sean Roberts, Chris Williams, you, myself, Andrew Downs, Dallas Jones, Scott Sipker didn't make it, and Justin Smool all out. So uh, in first place right now. Guy that you did the hockey contest, right? From IROC uh, over in the Quad that Cities, Ryan. in front. He's got $372. Rob Howen second with 316 Biff, he's got 300 bucks in his account. Hawkeyes, who's not on Twitter right now. So what, how, why did he get kicked off Twitter? Do I, you know? I don't know the exact. He was fighting with Cyclone Larry. He really was? Yeah. 
Oh, for what? Uh, women's basketball. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's in fourth place, though not currently on Twitter. Brommel Camp still alive in fifth. Ted Flint in sixth. Todd Kirk in seventh. And Katie is in eighth place. Those are the eight that remain. They'll cut it down to four for the final four after this week's game. Good stuff. Well, go Todd Kirk or Ted Flint. Those are That's the two who you're rooting guys. for. Yeah, those two guys. I'd uh, love to see Flint get one. and Or, or Todd Kirk, he's a good guy. Too. So I got uh, 143 bucks left. Yeah, but you're not in the contest, but you get to keep the money. I right? get to keep the money. Yep. Looking at the Minnesota Twins with Carlos Correa. I already bet they're over. It's it's uh, it's it's like eighty one, was it not? It's that's what it was. Yeah. What is it now? I haven't seen it adjusted yet. I'll, well, I'll take I, a look during the break. I'll that's tell you a good what, one. Trent. When I woke up on Saturday morning because I didn't see the trade, I was in sleep like you. <laughs> uh, it's first thing I did was when I saw that as I went and uh, I bet uh, the Twins over on my circa. Account. They are currently, boy, at Bet Rivers. They are seventy eight and a half. Let's what? jump on that right now. Now, of course, the concern is... Pitching. Yeah. Uh, Joe Ryan's your opening day starter. Oh, boy. Dylan Bundy. Bailey Ober. Where's Sonny Gray? Uh, Randy Dobnik. Griffin Jackson. Yeah, Sonny Gray, who probably will get that opening day start, but not exactly a who's who up no, there. No, they still have some work to do. Rob Doster from the field of 68 will recap. But I think as much as anything, look ahead to the Sweet 16. Yes, Iowa State and their fan base making their way to the Windy City. Boy, did you hear um, Tracy Wilson's line? The cyclones and the hurricane, and I'm paraphrasing, cyclones and the hurricanes collide in the Windy City. Pretty good. That is. Miller and Condon, Hour 2, coming up next. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.